I mean, I'm not, I don't have the fancy mics like y'all, so can y'all hear me okay? You know, they just, they're for the aesthetic, and we're not even recording video, so it's like, what's the fucking point? Uh, it's true. <laughs> Zane, like, chickened out of this once before, so I think it, this was his way of yeah. making us yeah. commit to this. It's like, oh, okay. Oh. I bought this, you buy this too. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, spend the money. Prove to me we're doing this. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. All right, let's kick it off. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's podcast of Big Brain Small Talk. Hey. Zane, do the thing. Sir, let's go. so proud of that cut we found that and it just it hypes me up every time yeah it's clean every time every time that's amazing yeah shout out to royalty free music because you know <laughs> we we don't have that kind of budget yet <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> well um thanks listeners for uh tuning in this week um as we do every week our topic has to do with change mm. this week we're thinking changing job market and then specifically higher education. And so we have a friend of ours, Teek. I'll introduce him a little bit later in the show um, to help us talk through some things Zane and I have been bouncing back and forth. Yes. But to, uh, to get us started, Zane, do you want to kick us off with your drink of the week and your little tidbit? Drink of the week, story of the week. Um, all right, I'll talk about my drink first. Um, so I just got back from the gym and of course I was unprepared. So I'm walking out and I'm like, oh, let me just buy a drink from one of these, like, you know, those like health smoothie shops where everything's like macros and nice. These guys again. Oh, uh, so I tried, I bought yeah. ISO pure, which I've never had. And <laughs> yeah, but they're still filled with sugar. Is right? it though? Like, okay. Because the macros like are good. 160 calories, 40 grams protein. It looks oh, like juice. It's good. clear. It's good. 40 grams of protein in that? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Shut That's going to contribute to this problem. So let me tell you, it looks like juice for the viewers who can't see. It's like clear. It's yeah. like what? Safe. They had all these weird flavors like purple and alpine. I was like, nah, let's get lemon. Lemonade flavored drink. And I tell you, this thing tastes like straight asshole. This is disgusting. <laughs> it's nasty. It's so bad. It smells like rotten cheese. It tastes oh, like God. feet. Really? This is the worst thing I've ever had. Wait, um, so can we, we just have, like, size us really quick? Is that a half liter? Like, what, what are you holding? This man? this is 20 fluid ounces, half a liter, 591 milliliters. Oh, and my so God. it's nasty. Um, so if we have like anti-advertisements or like we want to cancel okay. shit. Start here. Let's start with canceling drinks. Isopure. So what do I have instead? I have Coca-Cola Zero. <laughs> oh, no. Coca-Cola Zero. This was in my fridge. Wow. Downgrade. Crack open a cold one. Really, really buying into that sponsorship deal. I, I, you hear that Coke? But yeah. Oh, wow. That's a, uh, it's crisp. It's solid. Is it crisp? If you want a quick story, I'll tell you a funny one. Your boy is getting old. I'm, I'm, I'm breaching 30. And I've always had the memory of the squirrel. Like it's disgusting how bad my memory is. I can't remember anything ever. I went to a restaurant with a couple people and we went to Umisake, it's like in Austin, it's in Seattle. And um, when we were driving there, my buddy was like, we've been here before. He's like, no, 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 there's no way. And he's telling me this weird elaborate story about how we went and he burned his beard there. And he like, yeah, some waitress dropped some food and we have all our friends, like 10 people at the table. I was like, no, fuck you, oh. we've never been. And then we get there and I got proved wrong. As soon as I walked in, I was like, yes, I've been here before. So what is my story? 
it's just I'm getting old, fam, and breaching thirty, <laughs> and more and more, I'm like, can I throw out a theory? What? I feel like you were always derpy in college, but like the memory stuff, yeah, memory stuff was kind of there, but not really. It's getting uh, worse. It's getting a lot worse, and I think it's because you went to Beaumont. Oh my God, no! Friends, Zane went to go run a factory in Beaumont <laughs> and was just around chemicals and fumes for two years, three years, three and a half, three and a half. I feel like there's a lawsuit here <laughs> for the ex-employer, but anyway. R.I.P. Hate to see it. R.I.P. Um, I want to point out that you have a very interesting use of breaching here. That is weird. I don't. I've never heard of anyone breaching thirty. Like, you're. Is it a physical assault? No, it's like you know, you know, like like a child breaches, or like a ship it's breaches, or breaching, use. like you're breaching the water. You know, you're breaching. Um, it's accurate though. You don't need to look it up. That's a verb. You know what? It's a verb. That's logic. I like it. I think it. I oh oh, you could see me in video, like actually googling this word. Like you got me paranoid. Yeah, breaching verb, make a gap in and break through. No, no, no. We no. break it through. We break I'm sure the dictionary definition fits, but connotatively, I've never heard me that. Me neither. Me neither. It's um, it makes me uncomfortable, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Teak, what do you got for us? Uh, I'll start with my drink. You can't see it. It's in this very old SeaWorld <laughs> cup. Um, Classic. And I was I was thinking maybe I'll drink some alcohol. Nice. Maybe I'll talk about some whiskey. <laughs> but I have to. I have to shamelessly market something that I'm not sponsored for. Have you guys gone to Walmart and in like their powdered drink section, they have like the sugar-free raspberry lemonade, like great value brand, sugar-free pomegranate juice. Mm, I have not. It is a lifesaver. As someone that's been trying to lose weight for like the majority of my life, that thing is amazing. When you come back from a workout and like, I can't have the 160 calorie protein shakes. I have to have 40 calorie like zero sugar so i mix my protein in here put my uh creatine it is so good um Ooh. i just want to put that out there uh if great value wants to sponsor you know i'm here true it's probably in their budget great values budget to sponsor you yeah specifically. Hey, what is our budget like if someone wants to sponsor us we'll take ten dollars and like a pat on the back true, let's go true. it's fine that's funny um and for my for my little fact i've been i was thinking about this um, and I wanted to throw something super nerdy out there, but hell yeah! But I, I wanted to make it a little bit fun. So it's it's half nerdy, half fun. Um, so before medicine reached the the very structured, annotated version of medicine we have now, a lot of it was based off of deities and religion, right? This is what we believe. This is how care should be dealt with, right? Well, it turns out there was one person from I don't have the date on. But there was one person from at least at least 1,500 years ago who had this idea of, you know what, instead of just <laughs> saying that because it's in the Bible, we should like <laughs> someone's blood out, uh, let's, let's actually write stuff down. Let's start observing. Let's start the process of applying the scientific method to medicine. Mm. Um, the guy's name who had this thought, I'm not, I'm not shitting you. Oh is Theophrastus Bombastus von Hohenheim. Oh, bro. Oh, my God. He needs to drop a rap yeah. album. <laughs> I, right. Oh, my God. That name, though. It's quite amazing. <laughs> um, and obviously, it's a mouthful for a lot of people. So in the community, he was just known as Paracelsus. Wow. Hmm. You learned something new. Cool. He's probably the inspiration for Prince. Prince was like, yo, I need a way to, like, you know, shorten my name, get something short. I, Paracelsus did it. Prince can do it, too, baby. Let's you. go. I like how we as a society decided that we needed to write stuff down like much after we existed like that that's blows my mind 
Yeah, I mean, because mm. we needed to discover language first. True. Hey, Sagar. Okay, I'm proud of my drink today. Oh, you you tried? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I tried today. So this is a um, for our guest a H E B branded sparkling water. Ooh. I'm Indian, so I got that mango flavor. Ah, uh, bless. And this bad this bad boy has caffeine, so I'm not gonna drink mm. all of it right now. How much? Um, 55 milligrams per serving. Okay, yeah. not bad. That's, That's like half a coffee. Ambitious. So it's not terrible. But I just felt so good about it that I had to bring it on the show and I had to drink it. But what's the review? I'd say a solid seven out of ten. Okay. Okay. And that's me being. Is it is it crisp? Is it crisp like Coke? Smooth. That's the real question. Oh no, it's not. No. It's not. Nothing beats an ice cold diet Coke. Diet? Nah, Coke Zero. <laughs> Coke Zero. Nah, di- diet. Um, All right. Can you guys taste the difference between diet Coke and Coke Zero? Absolutely. A thousand percent. One hundred percent. One thousand percent. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt. Diet Coke tastes bad. Get that zero it, shit out of here. Look, Coke Zero tastes like Coke. Diet Coke tastes like Diet Coke. I want what tastes like the real thing. I feel like if I threw you guys in a double blind experiment and you had no idea what you were drinking. I think I could win. You think you could win? I, I think I could win too. I'd win. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Next time we hang out, let's do okay. it. Let's do it. For let's sure. It. For sure. We'll have an update for your it. podcast the next time we hang next, out. Next camping trip, yeah. we bring <laughs> our sodas. <laughs> look at us. Oh my God. <laughs> we're so excited. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, so to to hit you guys with my nerd fact of the week, um, it is housing related. So Oof. for those that have been following, it, it's been rough out there. Everyone who's tried to buy a house knows the pain. I live in Austin where it's quite terrible. Mm. Um, so if you guys follow the markets, you know yesterday the Fed announced their 75 basis point hike. Turns out that was not the biggest news of the day. You all thought it was, but it wasn't. Wells Fargo put out a report because they're they're bracing for layoffs in their mortgage staff because total housing has completely frozen up from last year. If you had to guess, the bank had X number of loans this year versus last year. What percentage increase or decrease this last or from this quarter to last year this quarter? Does that make sense? Year over year change. Yeah. What do you think? Sure, what do you think? Sure. Um, I mean, it's a decrease. Yeah. Smart, smart. Uh, <laughs> Good start. Yeah. Hey, look, yeah. big brain. Big brain. Big brain. Big brain. That's a name. That's a name. Yeah, yeah, that's big brain. Just throw it in the brow. Um, I want to say it's not that drastic, and I'm going to say like 45. Okay. 45% decrease? Good guess. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was going to go around that. I'm going to go a little bit bigger. I'll say 55. 55. 90%. Oh, my Jesus. Whoa. The world is dead. 90 oh. freaking percent. That's I mean, a bomb. Yeah, that's a, a of, bombshell. I don't know. A lot of people closing. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Wow. I think the market's softening, guys. I think it's happening. So for those of you who are trying to buy a house, just hang tight. Just we'll get hang there. tight. Yeah. All right. I hear you. All right. I hope we all learned a thing or two. Uh, Zane, you better finish that drink before this episode's over. Bruh, it's it's gonna be done. I'll chug this. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I meant the ISO pure, bro. Yeah. Come on. Hard, hard pass. Hard Come on, pass. Man. It's for the games. It's for the games. No, no, no. I can't. I can't. It smells terrible. Uh, I'd rather eat a pound of turkey. Yeah. Wow. I'm good. <laughs> All right, friends. So for this week, we're talking about higher education. We're we're zo- zoning in on graduate um, programs. Our friend Teak is here to help us navigate this conversation um we've we've known i've known teak for a hot minute now we went to middle school together uh he lives about two minutes from my parents house um so we used to go there all the time and hang out 
Teak has Teak has gotten maybe one or two degrees uh, in his maybe, his maybe. time on this earth. <laughs> so we thought he'd be a really good person to join us. Um, also topical, Zane just finished his MBA, uh, and both yeah. of us. Wow! Also, congrats! Yeah, congrats. He's a big boy now. It, it was terrible. It, <laughs> this can be a whole another episode, and I feel like we should make it one. But I watched Zane take a class one day. I like sat in his apartment. Oh my god! Oh my it god! It was the funniest thing, guys. They, they just play <laughs> video games. In this is like you a this is a, he was playing we a computer doing, game. We were doing a team simulation. Oh, oh yeah, we were yeah. Doing yeah. like decision making. It was quite the like joke. That. Yeah, it that was, stuff is useless. I, and, I'm, okay. Here's the thing, it is useless, but we were doing a team base, and I have to say, I was pulling the weight for my team he and was. called all the shots. I can confirm so Sagar, that. So Sagar was just on my couch and listening to me, like, like argue and call the shots and this and that and try and being, like, an effective leader, and it just wasn't working. It was so funny, guys. It was so funny. Anyway, yeah. um, so, you know, graduate degrees in higher education is something that clearly is if not important to us, a part of our lives. So I feel like we all have a, a unique experience to bring into the fold. So I'll start us off by just asking um, a general prompting question. Is is higher education worth it anymore? Talk us through what you, what you did to start your program. Reflecting back, do you think it was worth it? Do you think for someone new it's worth it? Teak. Um, well, let me throw out that I have three different masters. So I can, I have three different experiences. Okay. So my first master's was in medical physiology from Case Western. Um, this master's I applied to um, because I went, you know, I graduated high school, college a little early, and I wasn't sure whether I want to go to medical school. So this gave me good exposure to rotations at Cleveland Clinic. I was able to do research at Seaman Cancer Center in the area. Um, and it was a nice little segue to understand whether the medicine life, whether the physician life, surgery, whatever it is, is something that I would be interested in. So tell me you're Indian without telling me you're Indian. Teak fighting about if he wants to be a doctor or not. Yeah. You know, we can dive more into this if you want, but on a really high level. So it was actually during that master's, I realized that I, lo I truly love healthcare, but I didn't love it from the perspective of decision making within the hospital. I didn't want to be the person providing care because providing care, I, physicians will hate me for this, but it's it's the easier problem to solve right now rather than access and level of care. And those are things that they just don't teach you about and empower you to do in, in medical school. There's um, literally an answer guide. There's like a there's like answers to the test for like 98% of ailments, right? Yes. Minus the big ones. I get that. Right. Um, mm. Now... We're shifting to something that's less STEM related. I've so from Johns Hopkins, I finished my master's in healthcare management and my MBA. Uh, we intersected, by the way, Zay. All okay. three of us were there at the same time. I guess so. For just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just yeah. a little bit. We were all Blue Jays. All right. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. Uh, yeah, and I also finished my certificate in risk sciences and health policy from the Bloomberg School of Health. I bring up that last part because. Out of all my experiences, the thing that I learned the mo most from was that certificate. Amazing. And it's not because the education was any better or worse. It's because what Hopkins truly offered was access to a network that was unparalleled to anything that I had before. The education was pretty useless. And I think that's what a lot of people in your MBA would, would voice, that a lot of this stuff 
you can learn on your own if you're a motivated and ambitious person. Now, a lot of these things you learn in if you take an internship at consulting firm straight out of undergrad or any other financial based incentive firm, you learn these skills. So it's there's there's nothing groundbreaking. But I got access to a network that I wouldn't have had the chance to. And and did you parlay that into a job or research opportunities? Like what did that what did that give you? Uh yes. So answer is yes. Okay. The answer is yes. Uh <laughs> There are, there are a lot of things, but I think the most influential thing was in March of 2020, when the pandemic hit, Hopkins was on the front lines. They're the ones that created the dashboard. For sure. Um, because I was at Hopkins, one of my professors was working to help edit, manage, and source data for the dashboard. Cool. So I, for about eight months, I worked for the COVID task force. Mm. It was my responsibility to collect and sort through local, national health systems and help provide some understanding of how the pandemic is going. Yeah. Which is something that I would never have the opportunity to do if I wasn't there. What about, uh, hmm. what about the financial burden though? I mean, three, two, two and two slash three programs. You had right. to move there. You did most of it in person, presumably not working. Yeah. So I wanted to start okay. off with the, all the, I wanted to, I wanted to start off with all the good things. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just so I can crush, uh, you know, crash it down later. <clears throat> Cost is an issue. And really, I mean, I don't know about you, Zane, so much. I don't I haven't known you as long as I've known Sagar, but we're relatively privileged compared to the average person. Sure. Like, because of my parents, I had the option to go to grad school three times over. Mm. Um, so I didn't necessarily feel that cost burden, but I can look back at it and see that's $250,000 yeah. of debt that I'm looking at. That's more than med school, you know? Like, is it worth it? Is it worth it financially? Right now, absolutely mm. not. I could have had a more financially secure life if I just forgot all about grad school, mm. worked for a startup, worked for some consulting firm right out of undergrad. My life, I would be way further in life than I am right now. Ask, let me ask this question, though. I, I think I agree with you financially, mm. sure. But let's say you had the same goals, same desires, same field of practice that you wanted to be in or you are in. Could you have gotten there without your grad school programs. Yeah. yeah. Do you think you would have gotten access to the opportunities you have today <clears throat> without having invested that financially and your time, right? School is time. Yeah. And and you guys can disagree with me here if you think I'm like way off the deep end. But what I've learned so far is your your academic experience is great. There's some level of validation that employers get get from that. But really what's the most important thing from the employer side is are you put are you working Hard and are you improving within your position, right? Are you showing some level of like improvement and loyalty to willing willingness to grow? If you can provide that, right? They they may they may pay for your MBA or something later on, but you will still grow in that company. You can still grow over two, three, four years. I don't know. Um, like at this point, I'm almost thirty. This ten years, I could have. I could have. Would you say you're breaching? Sorry, sorry. I'm my bad. I'm breaching. Are, are you breaching? I'm breaching. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I definitely think in ten years time, I I could be where I'm at now, easily without school, just by working hard. I mean, create, creating school. like you can create networks not just from mm -hmm. school. You can create networks, you know, from work, from networking yeah. events, from your friends, from yeah. I mean, I think. Um, you know, I think people can get anywhere without school 
but not everyone I think has access to the same opportunities. And I think school's one way to open doors, right? Like if you start your career in place X, I think, and if you want to get to place Y and there aren't opportunities, school could be a way to open some doors for you. Um, but I, I think I tend to agree that, you know, if I had to answer this question of is school worth it for everyone broadly, like the easy answer is it depends. But if I had to make a hot take, I think I'd probably say no as well. Um, just because of the financial burden. Like, um, I went to school twice. I did graduate school twice. Uh, the first time I had work pay for it. And frankly, I did it because, A, I was bored. I was sitting in Beaumont, you know, the most beautiful place on earth. Lol. Um, and there wasn't a lot to do. And I was tired of watching Netflix. And I felt like I was just wasting time. Uh, and I felt like my life was at a standstill. So I was like, why why leave dollars on the table when the company will throw money at it? And so I did. Um, and I, I always say there's a few reasons to go to school. Uh, whether you want to pivot, you want to grow, or you think you might have some fun. And it was probably the latter for me. I think I did it because I wanted to have some fun. It wasn't really going to help me grow much, I think. My career ambitions were changing. Um, I feel like people have a different definition of fun, just for the record. Uh, yeah, maybe. A, I'm... a master's program at Hopkins, I think, is not that high on the list for most sure, people. Sure, but... but it was. I, teach their I own, had teach fun. Their own. I did have fun. I enjoy, which we can talk about this, about like the classroom experience, because... I don't know if we'll have time, but like I'll, I'll sum my thoughts up on that, which was I my first program was fully remote. The second one was in person on weekends. And um, yeah, the in-person experience is hella fun, right? Like getting to meet people and this and that. So um, yeah, the first program, which was online, wasn't as fun. Um, but my point is, I think the they they opened doors for me. Um and, but I, I tend to agree that I think I had some sort of privilege where I didn't have to take on the financial burden the first time, the second time I did, but I, you know, ran the numbers and I think I'm in a place where I could afford it and I wanted to pay for my MBA. Um, I think the bigger question to answer is to do, do today's jobs truly require what you're getting from all these programs? And I say some, yes. Um, Teak is giving me a very good impression about like being able to work on a COVID task force because he probably learned some skills and got access to some people. But I think what you said about traditional MBA programs, of course, you can get that anywhere else. Um, and the jobs of today do not require broadly the curriculum that's being taught in higher education. Well, you can learn it on your own. Yes, I was going to say it It may require the curriculum, but these cur these skills that you learned in the curriculum can be learned on the job. Yeah. Or they can learn, be learned outside of school. Years. You don't, you yeah. don't, you don't need to pay 40,000 a year. Sagar, give us some thoughts. So I, I hate that I, I'm going to say this. As you're wearing a Yale University shirt. Right? I, yeah, it's topical. <laughs> Rep, represent, except I didn't go to Yale, my brother did. I'm going to say that I do think higher education is worth it. And I'll tell, I'll preface that with uh, some context. I think it's worth it in the system that we live in today. Mm. And I'll say a couple things about that. So first, I, I unfortunately think there's an uneven or an exaggerated weight put on these graduate degrees. So 
I'll give you a personal example. I also was relatively bored in my job. I didn't think I was learning anything. I was getting kind of dull. And so the, the master's program I did mm. fortunately combined something I was interested in, but also just something that was mentally challenging. Uh, not to say that I loved every moment of it, but I have to say, I, I think because I got that degree and it was a, a master's in applied economics, I've not done any work that's com like completely necessarily needing that kind of content. Mm. But because I had that degree, I got my next two jobs. I think just like, and, and I can't tell you for sure, like I'd love to talk to the people who are interviewing me and see like what weight it held. And I've heard people like say it in passing, but it, it sucks because they say it in such like, oh, you have a master's. Okay. And then we move on. It's not like, what did you learn? What content is it? Like, tell me about your struggles. What did you like? How did you develop? Yeah. It's like, oh, he has the ability to get through this program. It's from a reputable college. Like, okay, this guy can think. And I hate that it's degraded my degree that much, but like, unfortunately it worked in my favor, I guess. So I think like, yeah, at some point, like if you're, unless you have your passion project or you're like, you found the startup or found the career that you think is going to get you there. Like, I feel like our system is built such that having these extra degrees just gives you like a badge, regardless of like what it really is it gives you a badge that gives you like an entitlement yeah to that next job it's like you can wait four hours for the tower of terror at disney world but you can get the fast pass yeah it costs money exactly 100 percent, 100 percent. well that, that's the thing I, I feel like this question has really two parts one is it is it worth it for the average american that yeah. probably would really suffer financially even if it even if it fast tracks your career like are you willing to live in like uh, probably very right. tumultuous day-to-day -day life for those four, five, six, seven years? Um, so that's one question versus is it is it worth it yeah. for people like us who are probably a little privileged? Um, right. To answer, so the sec I'm almost certain that the answer to the second question is yes, because of what Sagar just said. Like I had the same thing in all my interviews. They didn't actually, they didn't care about the MBA. They didn't care about healthcare management. Just like he said, um, they all they cared about was Hopkins brand. And I, I work in healthcare, yeah. you know, jobs. They see Hopkins. They're like, oh, right. he's approved by one of the most premium healthcare institutions in the world. He's mm. got to have some some benefit. He's got to learn yeah. something that's useful. So there you go. Um, so for the people that can afford it, it's it's worth it. I mean, I, I don't know. I'd argue there's a world in which even going into debt makes it kind of worth it for folks that like are trying to break that barrier, right? Like, obviously, if you're if you have no intention of getting a professional career, like that requires kind of that next level of, of knowledge, like, okay, obviously don't get into debt for no reason. But to me, like if you are looking for any type of career progression in a, in a corporate type of environment, like I think the answer is you should go get a graduate degree because I think it can only help. And I think like time value of money, like you, yeah, you go into debt, but I'd imagine 80% of folks that go through these programs with some sort of goal past the program, mm. they'll make that money back and then some. Like if you chart chart wealth value over time, like, yeah, you're down a lot, but eventually you catch up and then exceed. Eventually, I think. Uh, I mean, why would like doctors, dentists, lawyers, like they're all going into a crazy amount of debt to get these yeah. professional degrees, but they know they're going to make money at the end of it. Um, I want to pivot really quick to 
maybe you can use your personal experience and I touched on this, so I'll give my quick spark notes answer. Like what are your top two or three value propositions for, for a graduate degree? I think my first one, unfortunately, is just perception in the marketplace. Like that to me is the number one value. Um, I'd say after that, it's like the educational challenge and like proves that you can think. So it's kind of the perception, but like I struggled in some of my classes, like they were hard and part of me kind of enjoyed that. It's like, oh, I can stretch myself. I can challenge myself. I can learn a thing and then apply it. Like that was pretty satisfying to me. And I think you get more of that the higher up you go in education. Um, and then this is not a value proposition for me personally, but I think maybe for like Teak, it might apply. So I'm going to say it. You're kind of at the forefront of like society's thinking in some of these academic institutions. Like if you want to help progress the world, like those are the places that actually answer the hardest questions and make the best innovations. Um, I studied applied economics, so it's very like backwards looking, but still like I think the most cutting edge thinking, regardless of technology, health sciences, manufacturing, like those happen in education. Those are my three. Anyone agree, disagree? You have anything to add? I agree with everything you said. Because I'm a genius because of my master's degree. Oh my God, sit down. Wow, wow. Look at that. (laughs) And you know what? I was thinking that while you were thinking or while you were speaking. So that's the perception. Value prop number four, bragging rights. (laughs) Where's your master's, boy? I would say one thing that I really enjoyed was it's similar to your last point where you're like, you're on the forefront of innovation. Um, So yes, it's it's nice to think about complex issues, but it's really the time to do that. Like, you know, nowadays, uh, because I have to work, I can't just sit there and read a million articles. If I want to read about cost equity and reimbursement strategies, I have to kind of save some time on the weekend to really get in depth. I can't innovatively think on my own now. But in school, like I could do it as much as I want. Yeah, and I was surrounded by people who had more experience. So I can go and bounce ideas off of them. But just that time to read whatever I wanted, six, seven hours a day, really learn, go learn math, coding, whatever was necessary to, to like pursue knowledge that was interesting to me. I really miss that. Yeah, I feel that. I would say for me, I'll only give one and it's kind of similar to Teak's, but I think challenging yourself is really important. Um, What I found was, and and you two might hate me for this, but I found like the content technically that I had in my systems engineering masters was far more challenging than anything we did in my MBA. Like I swear, like- Than your video games? In the video games, like there's some classes, you just make a hundred in the class. And I'm like, why did I walk through this? This is ridiculous, right? Like clearly I'm not being challenged, but there, I uh, I enjoyed like staying up till two, 3 a.m. trying to figure something out because, uh, you know, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't figure it out, right? Being challenged uh, is a thrill. And I don't think that that, is super valued because when your back's against the wall and you don't understand something, you're forced to learn. That's what sticks with you. That's what like connects in the synapses and you, you, you know, you relate to it and you can pull it out when you need it. Totally. Um, and that's part of what I valued most out of undergrad as well, which was half of the material that I learned at the time didn't stick with me, but like learning how to deal with challenges and deal with the process and problem solve and the process get through it, just kind of make it through um, was super valuable. And I think it's undervalued. 
I agree with you. If only for the fact that you casually threw out a little bit of neurophys and you use the word synapse. So I'm, <laughs> look I'm at here. me. So people think I am big brain. I threw out breach and synapse. <laughs> Let's go. Catering to the audience. Let's go. <laughs> Two ends of the spectrum, friends. Two ends of the spectrums. All right, we're going to do a quick, quick wrap, wrap up on this, and then we'll flip to the philosophical question. Oh, God. Super fast. I'm going to give you five seconds to think about this. Mm. If you could pick a graduate program or a degree to go get without worrying about costs, without worrying about any logistics, what would you go, what would you go study? Film. Film. I like it. Teak? Astrophysics. Oh. Love it. Love it. That's pretty cool. Soccer quick. I go nuclear. I feel like okay. nuclear. I want to learn. I, I just feel like there's a lot there. Like what, nuclear, nuclear physicist? Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like yeah. whatever I need to do to know more about nuclear power. I think we should is. do a round table and figure out why everyone said what they said. Okay. Let's hear it. Teach. Yours is really fast, dude. Yeah. It's on my head. Yeah. Um, I'll say that. It sounds cool for one. <laughs> what well, sounds cool. Yeah. I studied, I studied astrophysics. Um. <laughs> I always love math growing up. I love I love abstract theory. Um, but you know, like I don't know if you guys have ever come to this point in your life where you're just like, I'm just not I'm just not smart enough to do that. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. I, I can work hard and I you know I'm what like somewhat intuitively smart, but the people who are astrophysicists and mathematical theorists, Crazy. they're on a different level. And Sagar, I know Sagar and I know a few like common friends who are there. Yeah. I, I realize after a while I'm just not there. And so I knew if I went a pursuit of masters like that, I would struggle. So now I, I do it from afar, and I like to, I, I do some volunteering astrophysics related, um, but I just I ha- I knew I wouldn't I wouldn't be successful. Respect, respect. I feel that they're just they're god tier. They're different tier. God-tier. Some of our friends we grew up with. Yeah, it's oh, kind of crazy. All right, tell us about your film degree that you're going to go get in ten years. Look, man, um, I took a film class in undergrad, but it was. East Asian Martial Arts Film Studies. Bro, what does UT... <laughs> what did I even do at UT, bro? I'm sorry. That Wait, you're, so, you're talking about like Jackie Chan, Tony Hell Drop. yeah, dude. We watched like Ooh, Bruce dude. Lee movies for class and wrote essays. But look, that's just context. Wait, sorry, real quick. Have, do you On YouTube, do you watch every frame of painting? No, but I guess I should. You should. You should. They do okay. a study on Jackie Chan and East Asian uh, martial arts. Zane's really phone time just went up through the roof this oh week. Oh my god! Screen it's time to go down. GG. <laughs> but uh, I recently got a camera and I started shooting footage and I like making reels and I like doing editing and color grading uh, from scratch and it's really fun and I think everyone, especially nowadays, like I think a lot of people are grinding and your job can take you over. And I think we need artistic outlets, you know, you know, like people who are in STEM fields really need artistic outlets to stay sane. And I I enjoy film. I appreciate good cinematography and visuals and high quality production. And I want to make it. I want to be that guy. Ah, I like that. Can I change my answer? No, no. Screw you. Get your own. Damn. No, 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 no! I don't want film, please. What? Okay, all right. Uh, yeah, good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> change your answer, please. Change your yeah, answer. Change it. Citizen Kane, please. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I actually am very interested in nuclear power, uh, just because it's one of the like big. It feels like a solution that like could solve a lot of our problems, but we just don't have the answer. And I really love that like that juxtaposition of something that's like so closely attainable, but like really difficult to solve. That's why I went nuclear first, but like Zane inspired me a little bit. If I could like, if <laughs> oh there's some sort of like food science, like molecular gastronomy type 
higher level education, I feel like that would be so cool to study. Yeah. People like execute on that. So I don't know where they learn that shit. Someone's teaching it, right? Yeah. That'd be really fun. Cordon and then I just blue. get to eat all the time. Cordon blue. <laughs> yeah, okay, please. <laughs> yes, I took molecular gastronomy at Cordon Bleu. That's like East Asian uh, film studies. At... Yeah. Hey, uh, we're we're not shitting on anyone that may be listening that got their degree from true, Cordon true. Bleu, okay? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Respect. I, I actually looked at... What I've, <laughs> I've, I've been looking, or I had looked at going to culinary school, and it's like quite quite difficult it's like both expensive and time intensive and requires like quite the commitment and the restaurant industry i don't know if you guys know anyone that works there yeah terrible terrible for your body yeah Yeah. so yeah i don't know you would have to do a full 360 on your career man 100 no yeah i I love that if sonia could just pay for everything then i'd love to be come through man How, how close is she not close that's all right. That's all right. The dream's alive. The dream, the dream is, alive. is there, though. She's like employee number seven at this ad agency startup. So I'm like, ooh. Oh, okay. Let's start talking like equity next year. Yeah, um, for real. I-, I told her, though, I'd love to be a stay at home dad. That could be a whole different podcast, but hey, one day. Should have brought it up in the fatherhood episode. Maybe one day. Yeah, true. All right, friends. Well, thanks so much, uh, Teak, for entertaining us. Thank you, Teak. Sharing your story. You're welcome. Thanks for having me, yo. For sure, for sure. As we do with every every pod, we're going to end with the philosophical slash just like thinking question. Um, and I'd, lo- I'd like for you guys to take 30 seconds for this because I've done like my own thinking and I have some counter arguments to some stupid answers I think you're going to give oh to make God. you try again. So like you oh, actually have to think about this. I'm not excited. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fun one. You'll like it. Okay, here it is. If all animals were the same size, which animal would win in a fight? One on one would beat every other animal throughout all time. Time scale. Uh, sure. Yeah, let's open it up. All right. What's your answer? I wanna go. I wanna go hippo. <laughs> I'm going hippo. <laughs> Did you expect hippo? No, I didn't. Okay, because I think it's a terrible hippos. Hit me, hippos. Hit me. Have you seen their chomp? Their chomp <laughs> power, bro. Those they those hippos can chomp the hell out of you. I just watched a video of them chomping on pumpkins, and I was like, Do you think yeah. I could chomp on pumpkins? If I was the same size as they a have hippo, aggression. my they mouth have aggression. proportionally would be very small compared to a hippo's mouth. Hippo already has strong mm. chomping power. Mm. If we were the same size, it would eat me alive. Go team hippo. All right. True. Okay. Honestly, I don't hate that answer. The reasoning is kind of weird, like inspired by a YouTube video you just watched. Hey, but... man. I, where else is my screen time coming from? Hippos. Is it, I mean, hippos? my my okay. only my only issue with your answer is if you wanted to go by jaw snapping speed, you would have just picked the snapping turtle because that's the fastest. But all right, that's okay. You can you can go with hippo. Thanks, thanks, man. Yeah. Gotcha, buddy. <laughs> T, you got my back. You got my back. <laughs> gotcha. I like it. Um. Wow. So my initial thought was some sort of pack animal because they're not you know they'll work together so i'm gonna go with velociraptor i could have gone with any pack animal but i'm just gonna go with prehistoric prehistoric velociraptors those things were pretty feisty Mm. okay i'm trying to think of a flaw in this argument i mean would you still stick with that answer if it's a one-on-one fight i would stick with i wouldn't stick with any pack animals i wouldn't stick with any pack animals i would stick with the velociraptor because it's known to be very intelligent and observant of its surroundings so it has speed it has some danger and it has some sort of you know cognition hmm. yeah okay i've seen jurassic park i feel you yeah pretty scary 
<laughs> so, so I was thinking through this. Let me just tell you some of the stuff that I thought through. I was like, ooh, aerial attack could be great, great advantage, but friends, but hollow bones. Flying creatures have hollow bones, and that just wouldn't do well if there needed to be some sort of ground attack. Okay. Then I was like, oh, insects. We know that weight to strength ratio is super high in insects, right? Like ants are strongest per ounce. But physics that doesn't scale up well it's what the what, what i had to do some research literally i was like would an ant be as strong we got like 30 seconds yeah. and you wrote a thesis on this about bone structure it's my question and, oh my god get out of here it's my question no, wait 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 so are we scaling up or scaling True. down that's what i'm saying but if you're an insect you're scaling up like i'm saying normal let's just say like normal sized yeah yeah no, ant man <laughs> Or we could. I just assume the normal animal. I think your answers were appropriate. Yeah. Like a hippo would go down, the lost raptor maybe go up a little bit. All right. So, so what is it? <laughs> what's the right answer? There's no right answer. This is just. Okay, a, but what's your answer? My answer's. Uh, there's like a couple species of poisonous tree frogs. Bro, <laughs> what is yes! this? Yes! What yes! is this? A bullhorn frog? No, I just think that is so funny. This is how small funny, brain moment. Small brain moment. <laughs> how how funny would it be to see a human sized frog just like trolling around in a fight, hopping all over and then the like place. one little yeah one little thing and then boom those things are it like throws its tongue out. Yeah, even in even in today's size when they're like this, some of these species are so poisonous. Like like a little drip could like kill you. So imagine huge frog. I just think that picture would be so funny. There's no right answer. I mean, there are wrong answers. Like, good, you guys stayed away from ocean animals. Great, you stayed away from flying animals. So, wait. So, what's wrong with ocean animals? I mean, they're just like how would how would you set up a fight between like a lost raptor and like a whale? Just logistically, it would be difficult. Hmm. Pokemon style, we give them attacks. Yeah, maybe <laughs> get a little island. Arm arm the dolphins, bro. Arm, <laughs> arm the dolphins. Very intelligent. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> The hippo, huh? I'll have to think about that. There's a reason why that's the wrong answer, but get out of here, chomp, chomp, boy. Snapping turtle, suboptimal. That's true, snapping turtle. Yeah. All right, friends. Well, thanks so much again for listening. We'll catch you next week, Zane. Kicks out of here.